0: Hi, everybody. I'm so glad you're with us for the start of a brand new series today. If you've ever said something like, Man, I just don't get relationships, this series is totally for you, okay? Maybe you said, Man, I just don't get this relationship because you thought you knew you were friends with someone and then all of a sudden everything fell apart and you don't even know why. Or, or maybe you started to really like another person and then they ghosted you. Or you just can't figure out that like sister-in-law or something like that. Just to save your life, you have no idea. You don't know whether to avoid her or tell her off. Or maybe you're single and you go back and forth between being really good with it and being not okay and sometimes just lonely, or, or you're a parent and you got some friction with your kid, or you're a kid and you got some friction with your parent or you're married and still after all this time, there are some days you say, what in the world are we doing? I just don't get it. I don't get this relationship. And I think if we're honest, we have to admit that you know, COVID-19's kind of made it harder on a lot of relationships. I mean, it's put distance between some people who used to be really close and it's forced others together in close quarters with no escape. If we're honest, I think you have to say that sometimes relationships are just, they're painful, they can be frustrating, they can be awkward and confusing and can leave us saying things like, I just don't get relationships. But here's the deal, and we all know this, we're built for relationships. We want relationships. And when they work right, they're like the best thing ever, right? They're the source of some of life's greatest joys. So what we need is some super honest, just straight talk about the reality of relationships. We're gonna get real about the dangers and pitfalls and and problems of not only love, sex, and dating, but also some of the fantastic parts and the failures of, of friendship and family as well. Most importantly, we wanna talk about how to build our relationships on God's wisdom and his design because when we get real not not just about the problems and the pain but about the promise of what relationships can be with God's direction that's our best shot at finally being able to say man now I get relationships so we're calling this series getting relationships because we're going to keep it real and we're going to look to God to finally help us get some things that sometimes are hard to get so Here's where we're going with this. I just want to invite you to just say to God, God, I I want you to transform my relational life. Like, God, I want to give this entire area of my life over to you. And if you need to change my focus or do an overhaul, God, I'm yours. I want to do things your way. That's what I'm hoping my prayer and your prayer will be through this whole series. And and maybe you're thinking, you know, I just, things are good right now. Maybe I need a tweak, but that's it. But I know that some of us need to change our relationship focus. Maybe some of the priorities, maybe the lists we're making about what our relationship should be like. We need a new target, some of us, and new relationship goals. And a lot of us, we need a new source of wisdom and guidance for all of this stuff. So we're praying for a complete transformation of our relational world based on the plan and purposes of God. So this is, this is big. This isn't just a few little tips and tricks, you know, something light to tweak. We're, we're talking about something pretty significant here. Now, you're probably familiar. You've seen the you know, hugely popular hashtag on social media. It's a big trending topic everywhere. Relationship goals, Right. And a lot of times, you know, what you see is that thing posted with some super cool celebrity couple who's posing at some exclusive club somewhere, right? At a fancy resort, Kim Kardashian or Kanye West or whatever, or some boyfriend and girlfriend snuggling with balloons and puppies at sunset on the beach, right? Hashtag relationship goals. And these kind of pictures, you know, they go viral because we're seemingly obsessed with these what appear to be perfect images of relationships. These idealized senses we have in our mind about what a relationship's supposed to be, whether it's the perfect family on the perfect vacation or a perfect relationship with my awesome kids or me and my friends here jumping in the air because we're always happy like this, never have any problems in this crew, right? Or look at us, you know, we're just this perfect couple and all of that. And I love love those kind of pictures um, in a way, just like maybe you do. And I love great relationships as much as anyone, but can we just get real for a second and just say a lot of that airbrushed stuff that's posted with hashtag relationship goals doesn't tell the whole story. And a lot of us know that relationships away from their pretty moments can be really tricky and painful and hard, and confusing. And it's hard because I think, you know, pop culture kind of reinforces this illusion. It's like a mirage. It's not real, but it looks so real. Because a lot of what gets celebrated in society today is built on this unstable foundation of relationships. So what we want to do is provide help for all of us about what God says, what the Bible teaches about relationships. Relationships. Now, I I know we have people all over the map on the spiritual continuum that listen and and participate with Mountain. And I know some of you are probably shocked, you're a little cynical when you hear me say that God or the church or Christianity could be even a very good source of wisdom on this subject. And, you know, if we're going to keep it real, I think the reason for that is just honestly because maybe the church hasn't done a very good job in this area. We haven't taught very well on it, except a few obvious loud messages that the church often says. You know, if you're not married, you don't have sex, that kind of thing. That's, that's out there. We know that. But beyond that, we haven't talked about how to do relationships or, 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 or what God says they can look like and why we can trust Him. I'll tell you another reason that people don't often look to God or the church for relationship advice is because a lot of believers stink at it. We've We've got our own failed relationships, right? There's plenty of people who go to church all the time, but they just are bad at relationships. They show up in church to sing and pray, but they die lonely. I know pastors who travel all over the world to talk about God's word and God's love, but it's like it hasn't transformed their relationships. Their marriages are mediocre or failing. Their kids hate them and they have no friends. I know pastors like that. So the church hasn't always done a great job of talking about relationships or modeling it. And as a result, into that void, you know, all kinds of things have stepped to teach us about relationships. A lot of us just learned about relationships just anywhere we could. Maybe for you, it was your older cousin who was always full of advice about girls or, you know, at school with your friends or the locker room or from celebrities and tabloids or movies. How about TV shows? Right? How many of us have learned how to relate to people based on the TV shows that kind of were our family too? I I, I actually asked this week on Facebook. I just threw it out to you all. I said, where did you learn about relationships when you're growing up? What TV shows? You all said everything from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and his desperate pickup lines, Joni and Chachi. I said, I learned more from Archie and Edith Bunker than I did my own family, someone said. Ray Romano and his family, or the romances like Monica and Chandler or Rachel and Ross on Friends. Listen, let me give you the list, because some of you said like really good things, like Little House on the Prairie and wholesome shows like the Cosbys, and isn't that ironic? And, and the Waltons and maybe the Brady Bunch. But you know what? A lot more of us said, I probably got more stuff from, you know, Tim the Toolman and Wilson Behind the Fence and Parenthood than I did the Waltons. Here's here's what else y'all said. You said, I learned a lot by watching Jim and Pam on The Office, or Dwight and Michael, or Roseanne, or Al and Peggy Bundy, or Boy Meets World, or How I Met Your Mother, or Blue Bloods, Grey's Anatomy, This Is Us, Modern Family, Sanford and Son, Friday Night Lights, The Days of Our Lives. Are you kidding me? The show Community, Third Rock from the Sun, Simpsons, Seinfeld, Love Boat. Are you kidding? If that's where we're taking our cues from, you guys, I mean, no wonder we're all so screwed up, right? So here's where we're coming from. Okay, God made you for relationships and he has a design in mind for how they work and how they do not work. And we can trust God. And we can look to the Bible as the greatest source of wisdom for all of our relationships. And I just beg you to, I dare you to believe that, that you can trust God and his word on this. Now, some of us learned everything from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but, you know, some of us have a different, different problem. You maybe grew up with plenty of really healthy and good, strong relationships around you, but nobody explained how to do it yourself. So you got this image of perfection in your head, but it puts this unhealthy pressure and expectation to do it exactly right and never mess up. So we're going we're gonna to help you too, okay? Some of us have a different problem, and that is that, honestly, the idea of trying to figure out you know, how to have a healthy relationship seems like what's the use because everything is so messed up today. Maybe your parents got divorced or someone mistreated you and you look at the statistics and sky, skyrocketing divorces and you figure like it's easy just to be cynical or you've, you, know, you see Christians who, who've had, who've had you know, more sexual relationships than they've had cars and, and it's just easy to see. It's like, well, why, why bother? And, and I think we're gonna find some help for you too. This is going to be a judgment-free zone, all right? But we do want to keep it real enough to say this is actually where we are and maybe where we need help and where we can go. So I just want to say whoever you are and wherever you are in life, whatever phase or season you may be in, you might be, you might be single and you might be bored, you might be uninterested, you might be married, you might be dating, you might be divorced, Maybe you're courting or stalking or you're a playa or it's complicated. I I don't know. We're going to talk about all those things and land on some key principles that will really help there, but also in your relationship with your sis or your nana or your boss or your bro or your BFF or that obnoxious uncle or your crew or everyone you're in relationship with because this stuff kind of works across the board. We're just going to ask God to transform all of our relationships. When it comes to relationships, can we just remember this? The goal is not perfection. The goal is progress. Okay, it's not perfection. That's not the goal. But we do want to be making progress. All right? So, I'm not going to be speaking every week. We'll have lots of different voices in here. But when I'm up and the people who are up, here's what we're going to call on to help. One, personal experience. I I grew up in a family, so I'm experienced. And you know what? I was thinking just this week, 33 years ago, I got on my little green phone in my apartment in Minneapolis on my landline through MCI, long distance, and I called a girl, and I talked to her for a long time on her birthday, and I said, man, I like that girl. I want to spend more time with her, and then three years later, we got married. That was 30 years ago, and we've had our share of pain and problems, and personal experiences to share from. We're not perfect, but we are progressing, and I'll share some of that. Some of the mistakes that you can learn from and make progress in your own relationships. I'll draw on my own personal stuff, my own friendships, my own frustrations, my own longings and loneliness. We're gonna keep it real. i tell you what, I wanna also not just draw on personal stuff, but as a pastor, I've had a front row seat to some of the best and worst that relationships can offer And I've heard a lot of stories often of pain and frustration and struggle about dating, sex, and self-control, and marriage, and girlfriends, and babies you weren't expecting, and so much more along the way. I've learned that we live in a world that has more and more and more relationships and less and less and less real love. More and more and more and more sex and less and less and less real intimacy. There's so much more that so many are missing. Now, beyond, you know, drawing on personal stuff and pastoral stuff, mostly we want to share principles from the Word of God that can really help you and me not be perfect, but really make some progress. That's the goal. Progress, not perfection. So as we dive in, can can I encourage you not to fall for some of the phony mirage of hashtag, you know, relationship goals that you see on Instagram or TikTok? And I do think it's very important to set some goals. And if you don't set some relationship goals, you're going to drift. You're just going to date whoever comes along. You're going to let your marriage go wherever it wants to go. You're, you're going to just wake up one day and realize I didn't have any goals when I was raising my kids and, and this is what happened. You'll just take whatever comes if you unconsciously just go through your relationships that way. So what's your goal? I encourage you to think clearly. What's God saying to you? What are, what are, what are godly good goals? Where do you want to end up? How are you going to get there? You know, Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. I've seen this over and over and over again, not just in my own life, but in some other lives, that there are so many things that seem right. They they feel right. They look right. And each of us would be very wise to carefully examine that path about relationships that we're on right now and ask where did i learn that and we just passively let society or tv shows teach us we're going to waste a lot of time heading down paths that look right and seem right but that are not right isaiah 40 says you know the grass withers and the flowers fade but the word of our god stands forever i'm asking you to dare to trust god to set the standard for your relationship base it on his word not the latest cultural trend so ask yourself before we jump in here on week one what's a goal that you have in your life right now when it comes to relationships and if you're going to trust god and really get on his path what's your target you know It's going to be different for all of us, uh, depending on our age. I want to list several potential ones, just to really let you think a little bit here for a moment. Some of you are going to say things like, you know, my relationship goal is I need to break up with my boyfriend and move out of his apartment and spend some time not dating anybody because I just need to rediscover who I am and focus on getting my life back with God. That would be a great goal for somebody, perhaps. Or your goal might be different. It might be like, I need to step away from this abusive relationship I'm in. And I need to feel the freedom and the self-worth and the value that comes only from Jesus. Or, you know, I'm always in multiple relationships for fun and everything, but I'm tired of them being so empty. I, I want some relationships with depth. Or I want to get to the place where I can learn to forgive and reconcile with my dad so that my kids can have some kind of relationship with him before he dies. Or maybe your goal is more like, you know, I want to be free of my addiction to porn. And I want to start living in the real world instead of this fantasy thing inside my head. And I've failed before at it, but I can see it's damaging my relationships and it's hindering my walk with God. I know I need God's help. That's my goal. Or, you know, I'm new at work. And I'd really like to find some coworkers who are believers so I can hang and find encouragement with them. And I want to find some others who are not believers so that God can maybe use me to be a real friend to them. I know some people whose goal might be something like, you know, I've prided myself on being a loner, being kind of independent, and lately I'm realizing my need for companionship and community, and I want to come out of the shadows into the light of friendship a little more. Or, you know, my sponsor says sobriety is at risk if I keep hanging around with friends who are drinkers, and I want to find some new people to hang out with who know how to have a good time without always having to have a glass in their hand. Or, I want to get engaged, but I'm scared to death because I've screwed up so bad in the past. I, I don't know how to get the courage to ask my girlfriend to marry me and to begin to lead her boldly in a life with Christ at the center of our relationship. Or, I want to find a junior partner I can raise up who will share my values and I can confidently build into them and pass on my business when I retire. You see how many different examples there are? What's your target? What's your goal? Maybe it's something like this. I've caused so much pain and hurt in people's lives that I feel like I don't even deserve a good relationship, but I want to try again anyway. Or, you know, I know I'm only a teenager and I haven't even had a serious relationship yet, but I feel like God is calling me to be an awesome mom to some kids or maybe to adopt, and I want to start getting some wisdom about how to prepare for that future. Or I just want to give my life to God completely and serve Him, but I want to do it with someone. I I don't, I don't want to be that guy or guy who's desperate and clingy and always looking, but I do want someone. Or I think our separation was a mistake and I think my spouse might feel the same way and I want to figure out how to reconcile so we can try again with God in the middle of this marriage next time. Or I never had the example of godly parents and I want to start learning what it means so I can do a good job before this baby gets born. Or our marriage is drifting and it's cooling off and I want to put some spark back into it. See, the options are endless and I hope something sparks something in you, but what's your goal? Not a shallow hashtag relationship goal thing that goes on Instagram, but deep down, if you quiet your spirit away from the loud cries of, Society, you'll hear the Holy Spirit whispering to you. So I, I don't care who you are, what your life has been like to this point. You can do relationships differently. You can do relationships better. And we're now pursuing perfection, but we can make progress. Let's do it together. This is no judgment, no, no, but, but it's not pressure free. There is some pressure not to be perfect, but to get started. So let's get started, okay? Just today, we want to make a simple, clear point. That we just have to get right if all all of our other relationships and everything else we talk about in the coming weeks is going to suffer. We got to get first things first. For your relationship and all all of your relationships to be the best they can be, it begins with your relationship with God. When someone says, Ben, I really need help with my relationship with my wife, or Ben, I really need help with my relationship with my parents, my ex-husband, whatever it is. This jerk at work, my adult child, whatever. We always begin with the same place. We say, let's talk about your relationship with God first. First things first. You open up your Bible to the very first page, Genesis 1. What you'll see there is that before there was ever a person on this earth, even before there was an earth, (laughs) there was already relationship. Let that sink in. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit existed as three distinct persons and they were one in purpose and identity and function. And I I can't explain all that perfectly. We call it the Trinity, but they dwelled together in this perfect oneness, this relationship. In the beginning was relationship, fellowship, deep communion, love, closest of relationships. And this is who God is at God's core. This is the beautiful thing at the very center of the universe. In fact, I find it interesting that scientists are discovering this reality as they look through microscopes and telescopes. They're finding that energy is in the space between the particles of the atom and between the planets and the stars. They're discovering that that all of reality is absolutely relational at every level. Theologians have described this relationship of Father, Son, and Spirit as perichoresis. Perichoresis. Peri means like circle, like perimeter. And choresis is where we get the word choreography. It literally means dance. And so perichoresis means circle dance. And that's the description of God, the Father, Son, and Spirit before creation even comes into the picture in this sort of relationship, this circle dance. Isn't that beautiful? And then creating humans. The Bible says, let us create humans in our image. Let us create these beings who are also like us, going to be made for relationship. God created humans, and then He said, hey, let's invite them to the dance. You were made in the image of God for relationship. And so, That's why Jesus the Son came among us and said, you can join a relationship with God through me by the Spirit and that is going to fulfill your deepest longings." So get that in place and then out of that love and that relationship that you have with God, you'll also be able to be whole and filled so that you can have other fulfilling relationships and enjoy more and more of what God's created you to do. So you catching all that? The first human lived in the Garden of Eden with God as his companion from the very first day. He had a relationship with God before there was even another human to know. And God looked at it and said, that's good. That's very good. Genesis 2 and 3 describe that relationship between Adam, this first human, and God. And and it says they hung out together. They, They would walk around and talk together, hang out, look at the plants, and enjoy the cool breeze of the evening together, all by themselves, just the two of them. So first things first not just for Adam, but for you and me as well. Whether you're a man or a woman or married or single, kid or teenager, doesn't matter. The most important and first thing you've got to do is accept God's invitation to be close to Him, to have a relationship with Him through Christ. A loving, giving, real relationship. That's got to be your top goal. You, you might think, a minute ago when I said, what's your goal? You might have said, well, it's a human relationship goal is your number one goal. But what we're saying here is that you got to see how your relationship with God has to come first, even above those other relationships. Only when we're synced up with God's love and grace and forgiveness are we ready for other relationships. Put God first and he'll bless the rest. So to put it another way, if you want the best kind of relationships, you can't do it without God. Whether we're talking about a friendship or a sibling relationship or a romantic relationship, it can be pretty good on its own, okay? I, I know there, there are people, you know, you can get along well and all that, but when you cut that thing wide open, you've got two people who really need a Savior. Now, of course, people far from God can have good relationships too. Sometimes, that's, of course they can But on a spiritual level, they'll not be able to give what it really requires. And when you get past just the emotional connection or the intellectual connection or the strong physical connection, you need God. I'll be honest, in my own experience, the best relationships I've had are where there's been elements of sacrifice for each other and really being there, showing real kindness and thoughtfulness. Where you care deeply and you have integrity and you forgive one another and all kinds of other things that are really hard to do. <laughs> and I know for me, I can't do that stuff without Jesus. You can't bring what awesome relationships require without the influence of God shaping who you are. I cannot tell you the number of times that Carl and I have. Gone to the mat, had got some argument, gotten all ugly, and the only way new we know to get out of that thing is to come back to the Lord and say, We need to stop fighting for my way or your way and let the spirit have the spirit's way. And then we can move on because I need Jesus. This stuff does not come naturally. The best relationships aren't simple. I agree with Mike Todd when he says, Me without the Lord, I'd suck. I mean, I have a nasty attitude and I cut people off. I would completely check out. I agree. A lot of us without God are a hot mess. So Jesus, this is why he says in Matthew 22, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. That's the first and greatest commandment. First things first. So I know we love our careers and our families and our kids and I love preaching and I love tennis. I love my dog and all that stuff. I know you love all that stuff. I don't know what you love, but God says, make sure I'm first because I can only supply everything else you really need in your life when you put me first. And I think we gotta be sure we realize here, God's not just commanding us to put him first for his sake. He's doing it for our sake because he knows how he made us. And guess what? God made you with a longing inside of you uh, this, this, this feeling that if you don't fulfill that longing, you're going to feel kind of perpetually empty and unhappy. And the thing is, he created us with that longing to draw us to himself. Augustine said it best, our souls are restless, restless until they find their rest in God. Because we're created for a relationship with God. That's why you have that longing inside of you. So when you get lonely and you feel alone, what happens sometimes for all of us, I think, is it kind of drives us toward other people, thinking, "Oh, I know I want a relationship, and that's where I'm going to find my ultimate fulfillment. I want to find satisfaction into this inner longing by getting a guy, getting a girlfriend, by having more friends, by having a baby. I would feel good in my own skin if I could fulfill it through this human relationship." Can I let me in? Let, let you in on a huge secret: when we pursue a person first, they are never enough. They're just not what we're actually truly longing for the most. So we put all this expectation on them that they can never measure up to. It's why our spouses are so disappointing to us sometimes. You, you must complete me. Whenever you say that, it's like, no. If you don't have a relationship with God in place, they, they, they can't complete you. When you aren't complete yourself, you're gonna bring an incomplete self and it adds up to always feeling like something's missing no matter what relationship you have. So, or we put this pressure on our kids and if they act up or act normal or don't do it right, we don't make our dreams come true, we get mad at our kids. Or we feel disappointed in life, make them feel horrible. Why? Because we're looking for them to fulfill that deep longing. Relationships are awesome, y'all, right? But they're never enough. First things first, God first. Because there's that God-shaped hole in every human heart. And as great as human relationships can be, they will never fill us the way we were created to be filled. They will never satisfy us the way the only one who can love you perfectly and forgive you perfectly and accept you perfectly and stick with you perfectly forever and ever and never leave or forsake you can do. Only God can do that stuff. And when we look to any human relationship to fill that void, it will never be enough and we'll take it out on them or we'll feel like a failure and everyone's frustrated. But when we put God first, we can allow that relationship then with God to fill us and find a security and an identity and a wholeness. And then we're ready to enter into all kinds of other relationships without putting this crushing weight of impossible expectation on them to fulfill our ultimate longing in our souls. Because that can only be filled with the God who put the longing there in the first place. God first, seek me first, and all the rest flows out of that. So to summarize, there's two main reasons, right? You can't be what you need to be without Jesus. You can't show sacrifice, love, and forgiveness, and all that stuff. And and first things first, because otherwise you'll go seeking what you're really longing for in some other human relationship. And that won't work either kind of happened to my friend, um, my friend Stephen. He was this awesome Christian guy, thriving in every part of his life, music and good dude and all that, but something happened, kind of shook his faith, and, and he got in with some less than great people, and his whole attitude changed. He began to become negative and pessimistic and judgmental, isolated himself, got real sarcastic, and seeds of darkness just rose up until eventually, you know, it just marked his life. He didn't want to be around the Lord and the church people anymore he used to journal he didn't do that he stopped reading the word and eventually he said I don't want to walk with God I don't even know if God exists and that decision changed every other part of his life I'll even tell you his music got worse his relationship suffered his friends went away his romance died and he damaged a lot of people and he got so disappointed with everything and he blamed God and the church for that too But as his life fell apart, there's nobody that could convince me that what happened to Stephen wasn't a direct result of his broken connection with God. We all saw it right before our eyes like a slow train wreck unfolding. When he lost his relationship with God, all his other relationships suffered. Everyone needs a relationship with God. Everyone can have a relationship with God. That's the best thing you can do for all your other relationships. People who know God make better friends. People who love Jesus make better lovers. People who spend time with the Lord are better to spend time with. People who are forgiven by Jesus know how to forgive others. People who have a relationship with God just have better relationships. Now, do you know back in the creation story when God said, you know, I'm gonna make the sun, the moon, and the water, and the spinach and the carrots and the kale and then you know pumba and simba and nemo and everything and he said it's all good right it's all good but then god said for the first time it's not good you know why he said it's not good because he recognized that something need to be brought to fulfillment and completion genesis 2 he says it's not good for the man to be what alone the relationship with me is good But one thing more is needed, and that is that when you're not alone, I want you to represent in human relationships the relationship that we already have. When you live your life in a guarded, secluded, shutting people out kind of way, it's not good, the Bible says. A major part of God's plan for you involves relationships, not to replace your relationship with God, but as a complement and a flow out from it. He wants you to have a good friend. He, he wants you to have you know, a, a marriage that works. He wants you to have a, a crew that brings you life. And God's design is that relationships with other people don't compete with your relationship with God. They complement it. I love that, that sort of test passages, passage that describes you know, the test for relationships. Ecclesiastes 4 says, two people are better than one, for they can really help each other succeed. If one falls, the other can reach out and help the other. If someone falls and is alone, he's in real trouble. Likewise, two people are close together, they can keep each other warm, but if you're all by yourself, you can't stay warm. A cord of three strands is not easily broken, it says. Look at that description, and, and if you just get real practical about friendships, you can usually tell if a relationship is from God or able to be blessed by God by asking this question, is this relationship good for me? Not, not like in a selfish way, like, it's working for me. But no, does it help me be who God is calling me to be? Does it push me or pull me in the right direction? It's painful sometimes to see, and I've seen it many times, maybe you have. Well, people tolerate so many relationships that actually take them away from things. They steal peace and they ruin joy and they worry. You know, they just drag you into crassness or coarseness. And it's not good for us. Now, I've always said, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And if the people around you are leading you away from God, it doesn't take a miraculous sign from God to reveal that they're not good for you. So you might have to have the courage to, to get real, to see what's at stake and put your relationship with God first. If that means you need to draw some boundaries or speak up about what's important to you or tactfully step away or take some more forceful action, do the right thing. Get some godly counsel and do the right thing. You know, when God put Adam in the garden, it also says he gave him a job to do, to tend and watch over the garden. And that was also before Eve ever came along. So did you catch that? Adam had a relationship with God first before he had a person. And he also had a purpose before he had a person. God gave him work to do and a reason to live before he had a married partner. And Eve comes along and God says, I'm going to make her a helper who is just right for this guy. She's a helper. She's a friend. So they could hang together. And what did she help him with? She helped him with the thing that God had given Adam to do. She helped him fulfill his purpose. As one author put it, people are so often trying to get a person without first understanding their purpose. But a close relationship, a good relationship is going to you know, have a huge impact on how well you fulfill your life's purpose. And this is true with you, whether it's your BFF, your college advisor, a business partner, roommate, whatever. Your homies, if you're looking for for one of those, a friend or a roommate or a spouse, find one that will help you fulfill the purpose that God put you on this planet for. Not someone who's going to ridicule you for it or make you feel insecure in it. This is a big deal, you guys. you got to be like Adam. Remember, there's a purpose before you ever have a person. Start following God for what He's calling you to do and to be, and work toward that and bring others around you who will help you toward it. Key to relationships, first things first. People in your life will either be your anchors or your sails. They'll either hold you back and drag you down, keep you in the harbor, or they will help you pursue and sail out toward your God given purpose. They will help you catch the Spirit's wind and move toward it. Look at your friends, keep it real. I know some of you are hurting because you've had some bad or painful experiences. You've maybe had failed relationships. Maybe you're dating and waiting and you wonder, is this ever going to happen for me? Or maybe you've made a mistake. Someone took advantage of you. I don't know. I know some of you, you got a baby without a relationship or marriage has fallen apart. or Things have just fizzled with a friend or it's icy with a family member and you don't know what to do. That's all real. That's relationships. But remember this. God can heal. Ever since the Garden of Eden, the world's not been perfect and and, and there's this pain and hurting and killing and running and hiding and jealousy and all this garbage that ruins relationships. But God can help us and heal us and bring the best out of the worst situations. I don't know if he can restore every relationship, but I know he can restore you. So don't give up your faith and hope in a God who can bring good and loving and supporting fruitful relationships into your life. God loves you and wants you to be someone who puts first things first. And out of that, you will be able to flourish in all of your relationships. A lot of you know about that story about the young man in the Bible who ruptured his relationship with God. He ran away and he hung out with some horrible people and he wasted and squandered his life on prostitutes and sex and partying, and he just, he didn't think he needed any of it. Famine hit, and he's like, holy cow, what am I doing? And he realized he was busted and alone and eating with the pigs, and he just longed to maybe be back at his father's table. And the Bible says he kind of came to his senses, and verse 20 says that he, he got up and he went back home he went toward the father maybe that's what some of us need to do is to get first things first to say i gotta go back home he had a whole speech like i messed up i'm sorry i don't deserve to be here and you know what his father did his father his father said uh ran out to meet him hugged him kissed him shushed him and said, just put on a robe and get this guy a ring and let's kill the fatted calf because his father had compassion, not anger or frustration, but compassion. And they celebrated this son who was dead is now alive. That's how God feels about any of us when we are willing to say, I need to quit chasing whatever I think I'm chasing in relationships and put you first to go to our father, turn our heart toward home, to commit to a relationship with God, and then cultivate that relationship with God. Friend, wherever you are today, if you need to commit, declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he rose from the dead, that you surrender your life to him and He's your. you want him to be your number one relationship, do that today. And if you want to cultivate your relationship with God, then we'll help you do that together here as a church at Mountain. You'll get in the word, you'll talk to him, you'll pray, you'll worship, you'll be with others who are on the same journey. God bless you, but remember, friends, first things first.